Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Murder Mile, a true crime podcast, an audio guided walk featuring many of London's untold, unsolved and long forgotten murders, all set within and beyond the West End. Today's episode is about the shocking murder of Katerina Konyeva, an innocent little girl whose doting parents had done everything to protect her. She had a nice home a loving family, and a happy life. But in the one place she should have been safest, her innocence was shattered at the hands of the beast. Murder Mile's research used authentic sources. It contains moments of satire, shock, and grisly details. And as a dramatization of the real events, it may also feature loud and realistic sounds, so that, no matter where you listen to this podcast, you'll feel like you're actually there. My name is Michael, I am your tour guide, and this is Murder Mile. Episode 83, The Beast, Part 1. Today, I'm standing on Ifley Road in Shepherd's Bush, W12 further west than would usually trot into the wilds of West London, but one road east of the Seven Stars Cafe, where Ridge Christie picked up Rita Nelson, six roads north of the Hammersmith Nudes murders, which talentless tabloid hacks still blame on boxer Freddie Mills, four roads south of the infamous Wormwood Scrubs police massacre, and two roads west of the strange killers of Vincent Carey, coming soon to Murder Mile. Situated four miles west of Soho, Shepherd's Bush is a melting pot of world culture. Here you can munch on a pie and mash, giggle at a Nigerian sauce called Shito, taste the West Indies with a slug of cock-flavoured soup, stare at suspicious sausages in the Romanian deli, and dodge those avocado-quaffing hipster twats who pretend to prowl the market for tacky crap like the world's worst hair weaves, the world's longest fingernails, and the world's curtest service, where you're told that everything is really good, really cheap, until six seconds after the sale, when it breaks, and then suddenly it's no refund, you leave. And although Tarquin and Fenella Tosspot claim to frequent the shit bits of the bush, where every third shop sells fried chicken, everything they buy is actually ordered from Ocado. But for many people seeking safety, Shepherd's Bush is a sanctuary from the hardship and the horrors of the homelands they have fled. It's a home from home, with little pockets packed full of familiar voices, reassuring smells, joyous sights, and the traditional skills of barbers, bakers, preachers and tailors. One sanctuary was at 35 Ifley Road. For the Konyeva family, it seemed so perfect a solid house on a quiet street in a safe area. It was just a very ordinary home for two loving parents who had done everything to ensure the safety of their two children. Everything. Or so they thought. As it was here 
On Thursday the 22nd of May 1997, behind the brick walls and locked doors of their own little home, that Katerina's life would be cruelly cut short by a man known only as the Beast. Twelve-year-old Katerina Konyeva couldn't have asked for better parents. Born in 1985 to Traj and Zaklina Konyeva and raised in the southeastern European country of North Macedonia, the first decade of Katerina's life was spent among the tranquil beauty of a region steeped in history and culture, untouched since the days of the Ottoman Empire. Hailed for its stunning natural wonders and its striking man-made structures, being just one-tenth the size of Britain, with a population smaller than West London, the peaceful state of North Macedonia had always prided itself on being more diverse than most European countries comprising mostly of Macedonians, but also Turks, Greeks, Albanians, Romani Gypsies, Bosnians and Serbs from the Baltic states it borders, as well as embracing two main religions, two official languages and five regional languages, its racial diversity reflected this. For Trajan Zaklina, this was their home. Here they had family and friends, livelihoods and social lives, a past a present and a future. North Macedonia was the perfect place to build a house, earn a living and to raise their babies in safety. But as the world changed for the worse, they knew that the day would come when for the sake of their children, the Konyeva family would be forced to flee. And that consequently, this country is at war with Germany. As World War II raged on, economies were crippled, continents were bathed in the blood of innocence, and the true horrors of the Holocaust skulked in the shadows, with Eastern Europe ripped apart in a tug of war between the fascist, communist and allied powers. Six socialist republics, Macedonia, Croatia, Slovenia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, and the Federal Republic of Yugoslavia, later known as Serbia and Montenegro, formed the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. And whilst the world burned, dead were buried, and the freshest water that the so-called winners of the war saw were the bitter tears of loss that they wept, the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia was to many a beacon of stability in an unstable Europe. As guided by authoritarian dictator General Josip Tito, across the 1960s and 70s, when communism was seen as the way of the future, Yugoslavia had blossomed into an economic success story, and in comparison to the ruins of the West, life was good. By 1980, before Traj and Zaklina had met, General Tito was dead, and as thousands of Macedonians lined the streets of Scorpia to mourn a man some saw as great, his death marked the end of an era. And for many Yugoslavians, as ethnic tensions grew, it marked a death sentence. Five years later, Katerina was born. A beautiful little baby with long dark hair and elfin-like features. Who was so pretty, so delicate and so sweet, she was impossible not to love and fight to protect. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. But by 1989, as many countries cheered the fall of the Berlin Wall, and following that, the collapse of communism, Yugoslavia's stability seeped away and unleashed a tidal wave of bigotry and hatred as the six socialist republics divided down ethnic lines. By 1991, as Katerina's little brother Christian was born, Slovenia and Croatia had split, the Soviet Union would fall, and with the Bosnian Serbs declaring independence, Yugoslavia would soon collapse, and four years of brutal war and genocide would follow. One and a half million people would be displaced, 13 and a half thousand were murdered or vanished, and countless numbers of men, women and babies were beaten, raped and dumped in mass graves, many of which are still being discovered today. 
and although the tiny country of North Macedonia was still peaceful, for now, being bordered by both Bosnia and Serbia, as the Kosovo conflict escalated, it was clear to all that the wolf was at the door. In 1993, being out of options, Traj fled to England to seek sanctuary for his loved ones. But forced to leave his wife and kids behind, every day he phoned, praying but never knowing if they were even alive. In 1995, after two long years apart, Traj and Zaklina wept tears of joy as finally their little family was reunited. They had risked everything, lost so much, and now they owned nothing but what they could carry. And although they stood in a strange land, unable to speak the language, at least they were safe. As ten-year-old Katerina took her first steps on English soil, across her tiny doll-like frame hung a bright red strap, as clutched tightly to her chest was a red and white Virgin Airlines bag packed full of her most cherished possessions. Photos of home, a colouring-in book, and a teddy. For such a timid little girl, she must have been scared. But as she held her parents' hands, she knew she would be okay. Only two years later, Katerina would be dead. By 1997, as Macedonia teetered towards the brink of all-out war, now aged 12, Katerina and her family had settled into a safe and comfortable routine in their new home in West London. Home was a first-floor flat at 35 Ifley Road in Shepherd's Bush. It was a little small for a family of four, so with a kitchen as a sitting room, a bedroom for the adults, and Katerina and Christian sharing a room at the front, at times, it was a little cosy, but the higher rent meant they could live in a better area. And Ifley Road was just that. Two long rows of terraced houses, all with solid walls, good locks and strong doors. On a street lined with bright lights, good neighbours and big windows. It was perfect for a family. For Katerina, being a little girl in a big city, this strange new world was no longer scary, as at the top of her own road was Goldhawk Road, a strip of family-run stores staffed by overseas visitors, just like herself, but also a mix of Turks, Greeks and Albanians. Their words were familiar, their faces were right, their market stalls wafted with the joyous smell of foods from her homeland. And as it was back in Macedonia, in the dry cleaner's window sat a stocky little tailor, intricately hand-stitching the hem of a school uniform, his chunky little digits seemingly too big for such fine work, but his skills undeniable. Shepherd's Bush was now her home, and although her mum and dad juggled their busy schedule of being parents, workers and part-time students, learning English and new skills to give them a better life, to keep their baby safe, Traj and Zaklina always kept to a very tight routine, ensuring that at least one of them would be home when Katerina left for school and when she returned. For two years, it had worked perfectly. But sometimes life would get in the way. Sometimes their best laid plans would go awry. And sometimes, even in the safety of their own home, a small, unavoidable delay of just a few minutes would cost their beautiful daughter her life. Thursday the 22nd of May 1997 was just an ordinary day. Coming to the end of her first year at Holland Park School, a secondary school snuck between Hyde Park and Notting Hill, Although being just one day before half-term break, a ripple of excitement bristled amongst the students. Year seven sat in silence, their heads down, 
their eyes fixed, and the only sounds being the ticking clock and the scribble of pens, as all were eager to finish their English exam. Amongst a sea of charcoal grey jackets, black shoes, and blue blouses, Katerina wasn't difficult to spot, as although she was only slight, framed by her long dark hair, brown eyes, and cheeky little smile, her cherubic face beamed with a mix of excitement and pride. Described by the headmistress as an exceptional pupil, Katerina had done well. She'd worked hard, she'd studied, and as a bright girl. Who had only began learning English as a second language two years before, to make her parents proud for all of the sacrifices they had made, she had excelled. Finally, her future looked as rosy as her cheeks, as she dreamed of being either a pianist or a teacher. It was ironic that on the day Katerina took her test, Trage would also sit an exam. And although, like many adults, he had struggled to learn the language, being a quiet, sweet, but truly smart girl, Katerina had come top of her class in English. It was news that she wanted to share with her beloved daddy, but she never would. As was her routine. At 3:15 p.m., Katerina exited Holland Park School and headed up Campton Hill Road to Notting Hill Gate. Her tiny steps quicker than usual, as she was eager to get home. As always, across her chest was her red and white Virgin Airlines bag, a little tattier than before, but no less loved. At 3:36 p.m., at stop D by the Coronet Cinema. Katerina boarded the number ninety-four bus. Her button nose pressed uncomfortably close to the sweaty pits of the older kids, and made even more torturous as the eight-minute journey down to Shepherd's Bush Green took almost twice as long in the school-run traffic. At three fifty p.m., savoring the fresh air and waving goodbye to her school chums, the familiar little frame of twelve-year-old Katerina. In her grey-blue uniform, short white socks, and long dark hair, exited the bus at stop K by Goldhawk Road tube, and turned left into Ifley Road. Unaware that someone was watching, her walk from bus to door took eight minutes. It was a weekday, in broad daylight. And the street was the usual mix of kids heading home, playing out, and biding their time till dinner. Never once did she pass any parks, alleys, or bushes, derelict buildings, abandoned cars, or suspicious strangers. The only sounds heard were the reassuring din of kids' TV, the thud of thwacked footballs, and the squeak of bikes. Pushing open the wrought iron gate. As Katerina passed the brick wall and entered the tiny front garden, which, like most houses, had no grass, just plant pots, bikes, and space for the bins, excitedly she pulled out her key and opened the large dark blue front door at 35 Ifley Road, unaware that someone was waiting. At roughly 4 p.m., she entered the hallway. To the left was the door to the neighbor's ground floor flat, and ahead, a set of stairs leading up to her home. Eagerly she called, "Daddy!" But there was no reply. Her awesome news burning a hole in her throat, and as she closed the dark, heavy door behind her, the Yale lock made a satisfying click. Unaware that someone was listening. Oddly, the first-floor flat was quiet and empty. For the first time ever, Mum, Dad, and six-year-old Christian were out, so Katerina was all alone. But she wasn't afraid. Being a few months from the awkward onset of her teenage years, this was a hint at freedom and space which she would ultimately crave. And besides, being inside her own home, behind locked doors and shut windows. 
she knew that she would be safe. So although a little deflated, knowing her daddy must be near, and that she would have to hold on to her news for a few minutes more, in the first floor bedroom she shared with her brother, she popped on the telly, pulled down the blinds of the large bay window which overlooked the street, and changed out of her dull grey uniform into a woolen cardigan, a white t-shirt, and tracksuit bottoms. Unaware that someone was approaching. As Tranch finished his exam, his shattered nerves weren't over how well he had done, but how quickly he could get home. As with the start of the exam having been delayed, and everything else running late, by four o'clock his work was done, but he knew that Katerina would be alone. The first chance he got, he called the home phone. She should have been in by now, but the phone just kept ringing. There were no witnesses to her murder, so what follows is based on the police investigation. At a little after 4.30pm, as Katerina sat watching TV, she didn't hear him pop the lock. She didn't hear him open the front door. And she didn't hear his boots silently ascend the stairs. In fact, nobody did. None of the neighbours across the street nor the man in the ground floor flat. And although her parents had never been laid before, having watched her, he knew that this little girl was all alone. A few moments later, the bedroom door squeaked as a man pushed it open. Excitedly, little Katerina sprung to her feet. Her instincts were to give her daddy a big hug. Her lips were desperate to tell him how she had been top of her class in English, and her face, eager to see the pride on her daddy's face. Only it wasn't her daddy. Nobody heard her scream. Nobody heard her cry. Nobody heard her whimper. The beast had silenced her, and over the next ten minutes, the terrified little girl was all alone in her own home with the stranger. At 4.40pm, a little sweaty and tired, having sped through the rush hour traffic, Tratch pulled into his garden, and as he locked up his bike, everything looked normal, and nothing looked out of place. His front door was closed, the lock was undamaged, the hallway was neat, and as he walked up his own stairs, into his own flat, he heard no sounds, but the din of kids' TV and his own voice calling, Katerina! With the kitchen empty and the bathroom vacant, being a small flat, there was only one place where Katerina could be, her bedroom. Traj knocked. Katerina! But strangely, she didn't reply. Maybe she was listening to music. Maybe she was annoyed that he was late. Or maybe... As a preteen girl, so close to puberty, she needed a little privacy to change. So to give his baby space, Tradge stood quietly outside of her bedroom and patiently waited. But she never came out. As a sweet, bright and timid little girl, her door was always open, her reply was always polite, and when called, she would always answer. But this time she didn't, and it worried him. Again he knocked. Catalina! Louder this time. Catalina! But still nothing. He peeped through the keyhole. She was definitely there, as dumped on the floor was her red and white Virgin Airlines bag and her charcoal grey uniform. And although the bedroom door had no key, when he yanked down the handle, the door wouldn't budge. Fearing his beloved child may have fallen, Tradge tried pushing it, but it didn't move. He tried shoving it, but it wouldn't shift. So as he dropped to his knees to peek through the gap between the door and the floor, 
to see what heavy object was blocking it. And when he did, his heart stopped dead. As behind the door of his little daughter's bedroom, he saw a black pair of men's shoes. Terrified for his daughter's life, Traj barged it hard. He kicked it and threw his body at the door, screaming, punching, yelling, doing anything he could to get to Katerina. But the stranger was forcing it shut. With the bedroom door shut, knowing the man's only escape route was through the first floor window, Traj dashed downstairs, screaming, Please! at the top of his lungs, making as much racket as possible and alerting the neighbours. A few who came to the windows and doors, but many did not. And as the frantic father burst through his own front door, his path was blocked by those same pair of black shoes which now dangled from the first floor ledge. And as they plunged to the floor, Traj came face to face with the beast. I remember the way the man looked at me. He was so cool, so calm. I asked him, what are you doing in my house? He said nothing. He just looked at me and ran away. Unsure who the burglar was or what he had taken, Traj chased the dark-haired brute down the residential streets of Ifley Road, up Hebron Road, along Armour Road and over Hammersmith Grove, all the while screaming, Help me! Help me! as he bared down on the short, stocky stranger. But as he turned into Trussley Road and grabbed hold of the fleeing housebreaker's hood, on his heels the beast spun and glared at Tradge. A small drop of blood on his dusky face, a large knife in his hairy hand. Unarmed and afraid, although the mild-mannered dad was desperate to confront the fleeing bastard who had broken into his family home, two workmen from a nearby warehouse wisely held him back. And as he stared for that brief moment at the beast, the stranger's eyes all dark and circled, his barrel chest all raspy and heaving, his thick eyebrows like rotting slugs on an old boiled head. Above his fat sweaty chin was plastered the shit-eating grin of a man who knew he would soon be free. And having hijacked a black Fiat Uno in a plume of dust, the beast sped off down the side streets and was gone. By the time Traj raced back to his flat and broke down the bedroom door to see what the burglar had stolen and to comfort his terrified daughter, he had been away for no more than two minutes. And although nothing appeared to have been touched, the beast had taken something truly precious. Crumpled on the bedroom floor lay the little frame of 12-year-old Katerina. Her cardigan, white t-shirt and tracksuit bottoms, all disheveled and torn. Her long dark hair a tangled mess. And her sweet pixie-like face, a hideous swollen shade of blue. As fastened in place with a school pen and wound tightly around her neck, Katerina had been garroted by the strap of her Virgin Airlines bag. And although she lay there, with her mouth agape, her face contorted, her little body all bruised and bloody, having been raped by a violent monster, and a jagged series of scratches across her throat, as during the attack, her delicate fingers had struggled to claw herself free from the thick red strap which had strangled her. Although motionless, she was still barely breathing and clinging to life. I tried to release it. It was too tight. I, I could not get it. Unable to unwind the strap, Traj ran into the kitchen. I took a knife. I cut it. I, I started to cry. I, I called her name. Katerina! Katerina! I was bending over her, crying when the police arrived. I remember one of them telling me to help him to resuscitate her. He showed me where to push her chest. But I, I couldn't do it. I was just so shocked. I felt weak and hopeless. I didn't want to touch her in case I hurt her.
but it was too late. At just after 5pm, 12-year-old Katerina Konyeva was pronounced dead. As if witnessing the death of his beloved daughter wasn't enough, knowing that she was terrified, knowing that she was alone, and knowing that her beloved daddy had been unable to protect her, a post-mortem later concluded that Katerina had been strangled for no more than two or three minutes. Which meant that, whilst Tradge had been chasing the beast, his baby daughter lay dying. Mary Marsh, head teacher at the Holland Park School, wrote to all parents, saying, It is with profound sadness that I write to tell you of the tragic death of Katerina Konyeva. Katerina was attacked at home soon after she returned from school. I know you will share our shock and deep distress about this. Katerina was an exceptional student. She is a great loss to us all. Outside of their flat at 35 Ifley Road, neighbours placed flowers, friends left messages, and a service was held at the local church. But for Tranch, Zaklina and Christian, their home was no longer filled with happiness. Their lives no longer had purpose, and their hearts would forever be broken. The tiny coffin of innocent little Katerina Konyeva was buried in Mortlake Cemetery. Her dreams were gone, her life was over, and she had been slain by the beast, who had vanished into thin air. There would be no justice, no trial, no arrest, and having given up so much, by fleeing war-torn Macedonia and restarting a new life from scratch in a strange land, all to protect their beloved babies. Tragically, Katerina had been murdered in the one place she should have been safe, her own home. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Murdermar. Part two of this three-part episode of The Beast continues next week. If you're new to Murder Mile, don't forget to stay after the break where there's more fun with Extra Mile. Before that, a belated thank you to my new Patreon supporters, who are Rene Rassanen, Leon Hargreaves, Stephanie Hughes, Karen Reese, Danny Rolfe, Julia Diamond, Linda Davidson, Tasha Fisher, James Paris, and Michelle Dutton, who all get exclusive Murder Mile goodies in the post, they should have arrived by now, and whilst Murder Mile was offline, I posted some secret little videos about places which changed the world. And as always, a big thank you to everyone who has listened and supported Murder Mile. Just to say, if you love the murder location videos I post on my blog, all videos for past episodes are now available on my YouTube channel. There's a link in the show notes, and even more exciting goodies and information about the live shows in Extra Mile. Murder Mile was research written and performed by myself, with the main musical themes written and performed by Eric Stein and John Boots of Cult with No Name. Thank you for listening, and sleep well. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. To find out if it's right for you. That was good. We did a good job there. Right, that's done. Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord, that is done. That is done. That was that was slightly harder. Hello everyone, welcome to Extra Mile. Oh, sorry about that. I re-recorded. I, I recorded that. It went quite well, I thought. And then, as I was trying to do, uh, I mean, you won't notice it because you'll hear the corrected version. But uh, as I was going through, I was trying to do Tradge's voice. Uh, I don't. I haven't heard him speak, so I, I kind of did a gen- generic kind of Eastern European, well, South Eastern Europeanish accent, which I thought was pretty appalling. But as I was doing it, bloody Welsh started creeping in. I'm amazed that Reg Christie didn't creep in as well. It was really... Oh, I just couldn't get it to switch off. Every time I went to say something, it'd be, it'd be, I felt like adding the word boyo at the end. So I just had to... I just had to redo... Before we got to this bit, I just had to redo all of uh, Tradge's bits. Uh, and that actually, that was quite good. Because I, I spent about 20 minutes going... Saying to myself, stop saying bloody boyo! Do you know... Uh, I, I was riding on my bicycle, I was. It kept coming out like that, and I was trying to... And I couldn't work out how to do his voice. I hope I can do it next week, because he plays a big part in next week's show. Uh, but when I got it, it was good, and then and then it it was good. It started to get a little bit emotional, which was good, which I think helped with that story. So, okay, anyone. Anyway, everyone, welcome back. This is Extra Mile. Um, welcome back. Thanks, everyone, for, for waiting for Murder Mile to come back. Obviously, we finished around Christmas time. I've been away researching. We'll just discuss that very shortly. These are the new uh, Murder Miles are done. They're all packed in. I've worked out what's happening every single week. So you've got an, an episode of Murder Mile right up until the end of the year. There's no break, literally. I've got some episodes in there to give myself a bit of a break, but there will be an episode basically every week, unless something horrific happens. Uh, but for people who are new to murder mile if this is your first episode good luck to you uh if this is your first episode uh this is extra mile this is the waffly bit afterwards it doesn't really take me much to do this but what we do is we discuss some of the things that have just happened i go and make myself a cup of tea and i have a cake yay um i walk away if in case you don't know i walk away from the um microphone which is there it's too big to carry it's connected to the laptop so I go over to my little kitchen thing. I pull out a uh, one of these big bottles of water because I don't because the water pump is always off in case I get a leak. So uh, I have to fill up my kettle using water bottles. There we go. Switch the kettle on. It's a gas kettle. It's one of these old uh, copper ones, and it makes a little afterwards. Getting a, uh, a PG, no, it's, today it's Tetley, Tetley tea. No, sometimes I have PG, I've got a Tetley tea bag today, Tetley original, proper tea. Can't beat a PG. Uh, two sugars coming in, gotta be done. Not not the little square ones, just the uh, two spoons of sugar in my big mug, in my big Murder Mile mug. Ooh, yeah, still available by uh, the Murder Mile website. Uh, and other things are as well, which is very exciting. Popping in, as you know, I don't normally have milk here because I don't have a fridge. So uh, coming back, as a, hence my voice is getting louder. I don't have a fridge, so I've got powdered milk still. I don't mind it. I'm kind of used to it by now. Uh, just going to rearrange the sofa. 
I'll do this sitting on the sofa and the, the oh, oh, the uh, um, things that you sit on. Well, they're not cushions, are they? They're that bit it keeps falling. Anyway, I'm coming back. I'm here and oh, cake time. Because obviously September till, what was it? September till like end of December, I was on a diet and I lost a lot of weight because I'd got really, really fat. I was at my grand's up in Scotland and uh, I don't have any mirrors really in here except little ones to kind of do my hair with or stuff like that. Uh, but she has full length mirrors in her house and I was sitting there and I, I, it was horrible. I just got out of the shower and I looked. And it, looked it looked like someone had shaved a panda. It wasn't nice. You know, things were billowing. So uh, so I went on a strict diet, but now I'm kind of, I'm still eating really well. I'm like, a, you know, you have your five a day. I probably have my 10 a day. Uh, but I am allowing myself cakes because there's a nice Polish bakery just up the road. Uh, I've got myself, a, it's a big donut, big fat donut. I don't know what's inside. I hope it's a kind of a, a custard version, but uh, it might not be. I don't know. So, whew, oh, there's a lot to pack in. I'm not going to do too much about this episode in this extra mile because, as you know, this is a three-parter. Next week is a really interesting uh, side of the story. So that's part two. Uh, I don't want to give too much away because it kind of the story shifts. And then part three is the final part. You will learn about who the beast really is. So that's a, that's a whole episode in, in its own right. So it's a three-parter and then we'll we'll crack on with the rest of the series. Uh, before we move on, I just wanted to say, do you know, I have lovely people uh, who listen to Murder Mile coming on the tour. I try. I'm really terrible with names, as you know, but I've, I've kind of written a few down. So... Lovely to see Kim and Dan. Thank you very much for coming along. Uh, who else? Who? Ah, uh, oh, uh, Harmony and oh, you've got the complicated surname. I've forgotten your name. You were on the last tour. Uh, you guys came over. You were on holiday. That was really nice to meet you. Uh, Sheena, thank you very much for the chocolate. That went down a treat. Gina, thank you very much for the lovely cake. That was that was the end of my diet. That was cake with a uh, uh, double decker inside. <sighs> Goodbye diet. Goodbye diet. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, let's have a look. Oh, oh, I'm going to do something new. Uh, let's try this. So I'm going to do something new. So in these, I'll probably forget. I'm going to start doing a little uh, quiz in Extra Mile as well. So what I'll do uh, at the start of Extra Mile, I'll put in 10 questions. These are, you don't win anything. This is just for you to test your knowledge, see see what you remember of what you've just heard. And at the end, I'll give you the answers. So in about half an hour. So here's 10 questions. If you can answer them, good luck. Question one. Katerina came top of her class in which subject? They start easy, but they get very hard. Question two. What school did Katerina go to? Question three. What type of car did the beast hijack? Question four. What number on Ifley Road did the Konyeva family live at? Number five. What was the stocky little man with the fat fingers doing in the dry cleaners? See, they're getting harder, aren't they? Six. What, what colour shoes... Number six. What colour were the shoes of the beast? Number seven. What type and colour of bag did Katerina own and cherish? Question 8. Reg Christie picked up which of his victims at the Seven Stars Cafe on the Goldhawk Road, just down from Ifley Road? Number 9. Getting difficult. As a boat goes past. Uh, the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia was formed from which six countries? <gasps> if you were listening at the very start, it was there. You can pause at this bit and add in and then, and then add them in and, and then replay. Number 10. The beast left fingerprints where? To answer that, find out next week. So that was... Th so I'll give you some answers at the end of that. There's no prize for that, but, you know, uh, it's... I, I, I listen to it on one of the other podcasts I do. They do a bit kind of a quiz roundup at the end. And I quite like that. So I thought, let's try it on here. If you like it, let me know. We'll keep doing it. It's... it's uh, do you know, uh, it's kind of, it could be good fun. What else we got? Uh, I'm just keeping an eye on the kettle because the kettle is about to go. Uh, what else has happened recently? It was my birthday recently. Kettle, let's see, kettle goes off. Uh, pop that down there. 
nice cup of tea, nice cup of tea. Let that brew for a bit. Let it brew. You should always let a cup of tea brew. It's my birthday recently, so that was good. Didn't really do much. I was writing episode over oh, writing this episode. Uh, it takes a couple of days to write an episode, but I was doing that. Uh, congratulations to everyone who survived uh, the the last couple of walks we've done. Because obviously in Britain, even though we call it storm, we've we had storm Kira and storm Dennis, and they all seem to hit every Sunday. Like. During the week, they'd be fine, and then Sunday would come along, and it'd be like, like, so, um, well done, everyone who survived Storm, Storm Dennis and Storm Kira, on, especially on the Murder Mile Walk, because it, some of them, it was a little bit rough. It was a little bit windy and blowy, and, yeah, we really struggled through, but we did it. We made it to the end, which was good. Uh, it's been bloody cold here. Uh, because of the because of the wind, uh, the coal man hasn't been out, and I'm, I'm out of coal almost and logs uh, so it's getting a bit cold I'm, then, I'm down to the shit coal not the good coal i have which the expensive stuff would you put in about seven o'clock and the the ovens yeah the stove is still warm the next morning i'm on the shit stuff that you buy at the at the garage around the corner oh god you put it in and it's like oh it's, it's gone by like 10 o'clock it's just shit so it's yeah it's pretty cold on the boat at the moment i'm, I'm currently looking out the window Oh, curtains open. I'm waiting for the coal man to come past because I I need some gas and I need some logs and I need some kindling. I need everything. So what else is there? Uh, diet update. Yeah, diet's gone gone uh, down the pan a bit. Uh, what? God, there's loads to put in. Oh, right. Let's go back up. So I've, I had to write a list. So um, we've got some live shows happening in London uh, between uh, myself. Hello, Michael. Hello. Um, and uh, Adam from UK True Crime Podcast. We've been doing live shows together called Secrets of the Serial Killers. We did our first one in January. Uh, it was kind of interesting because we'd, we'd never met before. Like literally uh, half an hour, half an hour, an hour before the show started, it was the first time we'd ever met. And we hadn't really discussed what... Wh- Adam, had, I think, had decided uh, what the topics were going to be. I did my research for that and then we did it. It was okay. It was okay. I thought I thought it was okay. I don't think it was great. It was an okay show. Uh, so I I kind of shook it up a bit and said, look, let's let's because it was topics. I you know you can't really talk about things if you're not really that interested in them. So I shook it up and said, look look, there's a couple of things I want to add. This is what I want to talk about. These are, I want to add these bits in. Uh, so we did the last one. There was one in. Uh, uh, oh. Uh, 19th of February, so the day after my birthday. Oh, uh, that was my birthday treat. We did that over Dingwells in Camden. It was full. Uh, um, we hadn't rehearsed that show before, but we did it, and it was good fun. I did. Uh, Adam did a bit on Bundy, a bit on Fred and Rose West, and another serial color that I'd never heard of before. I did larger sections on Dennis Nielsen and the Blackout Ripper, and then I uh, did. Uh, my uh, b- bizarre facts about serial killers because I've got hundreds of those uh, and it, it went really well I think the audience really liked it uh, so we're doing another one on Tuesday the 24th of March uh, I'll put a link in the show notes it's uh, or you can go to um, a website called Fever Up or just just type in secrets of serial killers uh, and it'll you'll see the date there that's uh, 24th of March uh, so that's in there uh, a little requ- a little request uh, if everyone could um this is i'll put a little note in the in the show notes as well um there's a, a new magazine out called podcast magazine ooh which is very great uh so uh they're talking about podcasts and all different things like that but they do a pod they do a top 50 every month of uh, new podcasts that are out there um and what they've started doing is that they do, uh, you can kind of, uh, there's a little form that you can fill in. It's tiny. It, t- it takes literally 10 seconds. It literally is. Uh, you can subscribe to their magazine, the free magazine about podcasting, which is great. Uh, and uh, you get three options and then you can say what your favorite podcast is. There's three. So you can, uh, if you want to, only if you want to, you can put in, you can put in Murder Mile. And that that bumps, do you know, that'd be great because it bumps you up to the top. And also kind of a lot of big magazines look at this as well, do you know, like a, uh, the, yeah, I don't know all the big. But if, if if you wanted to do that, if you wanted to vote for Murder Mile as one as your, one of your top three, that would be amazing. That would really help me. That would give us a budge because obviously, you know, as I mentioned before, the big 
the big podcasts like Dr. Death, they pay a lot of money to be in the top of the charts and to be talked about. And the little podcasts like us, we really struggle. Uh, so if you could do that, that would be really lovely. I'll put a link in the show notes. That'd be lovely. Um, in return, uh, if you go to uh, the Murder Mile website, link in the show notes, go to Merch Shop. What I've done now, all of the eBooks are now free. So you can just go there, you can download them, do whatever you like. Um, you can also, all of the ringtones are now free. So there's the Murder Mile ringtone, the do, that's free. Uh, the Reg Christie ringtone of him going, I wondered if you like an ass cup of tea, which which uh, I've heard people using as a, a kind of a text alert. And that's really funny. I've also added in uh, the uh, John George Haig one from Sulfuric. So it's a little creepy, but it's just the short bit that goes sulfuric like that. And some people have downloaded that as well. Uh, as I'm going to go through, I'll start doing other ringtones. I'll make those free as well. Um, so, yeah, go to the Murder Mile shop, download. Uh, there's a couple of things you can buy on there. Obviously, the mugs are still on there and the badges and things like that. But uh, pretty much everything is free now. So you can just download and help yourself. Help yourself. You don't. It will ask for an address. You don't need to put an address uh uh if you buy things that are free you'll see a little thing that says credit card details it won't ask for credit card details all it'll ask for is uh an email address because obviously they have to um uh, it's the system will send you things to download but uh, you can download it as i think it's as many times as you like uh so yeah please do please do do that uh help yourself um what else have we got yeah so research for the year ahead the research in the archives was really good uh, I did my usual thing of not really knowing too much about the cases that I was uh, going to. Um, it was quite nice just sitting there. You grab a file, uh, you sit there, start reading it. You don't really know what it's about. And it's, uh, you, uh, you trawl through it and you go, wow, OK, this, this case is crazy. This case is really interesting. Or it goes the way you don't think it would go. So it's fascinating some I've got. There's a real nice mix of cases coming up in this year ahead. Uh um i've i've paced them out so i've already structured what week they're going out so um this one's here this this is one of the later ones that i came across i'd already actually done my research in the archives of this one this one i stumbled across because uh i can't remember how i found it i can't remember how i found it i just i i know i stumbled across it somehow i think i was looking in murders in and around shepherd's bush because i'd already got a few others in that area as well um I just thought this one was interesting because we haven't really done a kind of a uh, a sex attacker before uh, or paedophile. Actually, that was it. I think I was looking for paedophiles. <laughs> uh, not that way. So I was looking for paedophiles. Uh, uh, so, so, yeah, there's a couple of interesting cases coming up. There's one similar to this later on. Uh, but there's a real mix as well it's it's been a real mix of uh, cases so yeah this this there's some really sad ones there's some bizarre ones there's some some uh, case coming up soon where i thought i i knew a little bit about the case and i opened it up and i i was like oh it's it it goes this way and then i was reading it and i was like hang on whoa, whoa why is this the case just twists and turns so many different ways it took me it just took me days just to just to read and understand the case so that was really good uh so yeah i'm looking forward to this season and uh, we've got some uh some interesting new things that i might add in as well i might not know uh what else we got coot update coot update there's um where i am at the moment oh that cake looks so good um where i am at the moment um every time i open my side windows uh some uh, a pair of coots come to the window to to get their food because they know that I'm a big softy. There's another pair of coots just around the corner. Um, opposite them is some more hens who are there. Uh, <coughs> and uh, oh, it's snowing! It's snowing. I just looked out the window. Yep, yep, that is snow. It's snowing, ladies and gentlemen. Well, there we go. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, but where I was a week ago, there was a cygnet, like a, a young swan, who kept coming up to my window every day and going, hello, hello, can I have my food? So uh, they're not too noisy at the moment, but they will be soon, or the coots, because it's they'll be getting into uh, uh, romantic times. Oh, yeah, yeah, romantic times. Sexy. Ooh. Uh, so... <laughs> 
I, I think that's how coots do the sexy. So uh, what else have we got? Uh, le- uh, more live shows. Uh, I'm trying to do some planning at the moment. I, I, I quite enjoyed doing the live shows. Uh, and I'm, g- I'm going to be doing, I'm doing the ones with Adam, but I'm going to do some solo ones as well. So I've got some ideas that I'm planning. I'm trying to find some venues, things like that, see how it goes. Hopefully like hour, two hour shows. Um, just, just a bit of fun. Nothing too heavily scripted, but just something that will be good fun. We can have a giggle and, you know. So uh, w- when there's more to learn about that, I'll pop that on the... Ooh, I got burpee. I'll pop that on the... Um, uh, this, whatever this is, I can't remember how to talk anymore. Um, um, also, I know I said this before, but I'm definitely going to do this, which is a new tour for uh, people who listen to the podcast. I've mentioned it a couple of times. I need just need to sit down and uh, plan it. What it's going to be probably on a Sunday because Sundays are when I'm in town anyway. Uh, maybe a Saturday, I don't know. Uh, but it won't be as as structured as the regular Murder Mile, which is kind of it's descript. I've got my book, I have to do things in a set order. What I'm going to do is, for people who listen to the podcast, basically, we'll turn up. Uh, I can show you places that you'll hear, you'll have heard of on the podcast, but it won't be on the tour. Uh, and if and it's kind of guided by you. Like, you can kind of just go, uh, can you can you take us to some of the Blackout Ripper locations? And I go, yeah, of course. So it might, I don't know how long, it might be two hours, it might have to be three hours, but basically it won't be structured in any way, it'll just be like an informal kind of walk around, have a bit of a chat, ask some questions, have a bit of a giggle really, so uh, that could be fun, I'm, I'm going to try that on kind of a monthly basis and then if it goes good we will do uh, weekly, um, so that's that. Oh, I'm trying this all this out on my new laptop, new laptop, very exciting. So old laptop had done the first 108 episodes uh, and the, the ports were failing, the mouse has failed, the screen was cracked, some buttons didn't work, but it was still plodding on, it was still going well, still doing its thing. Uh, but I, need, I knew I needed a new laptop, so I got a brand new laptop all done. <coughs> the last one, because <coughs> obviously I don't have mains power, the battery would last maybe three hours at a push. So I'd I'd have to rattle through Murder Mile recording it, worried that if I didn't make it to the by the time the battery, because if the battery was only at whatever percentage, and you know uh, I've only got two hours and a bit to kind of record, if it was a long record, sometimes I'd get to the end and I hadn't got enough power left to save what I'd recorded, so I'd have to redo the whole lot. Whereas this new laptop, oh, lots of power, lots of power. What are we on now? Eighty-eight percent. 88 percent i've been recording for about two hours oh great it's like a 14 hour battery oh even though the other day that uh, windows 10 buggered up my laptop and basically meant i couldn't charge it so i went back to old laptop and old pa- laptop was like yep here i am i'm still working yep not a problem so i wrote <laughs> i wrote episode one on old laptop episode two on new laptop but i'm recording on new laptop and it's uh, it's it's barely using any battery, which is great. It means I can I don't have to race through the recording as anymore. I can take my time. So what else are we doing? Oh, this is all waffle, isn't it? This is all waffle, waffle, waffle. So um, what's go? Oh yeah. So uh, Saturday the twenty seventh of June, twenty twenty, uh, is the UK Crime Con. So uh uh. Kate and Georgia over at uh, Nothing Rhymes with Murder. Uh, they've set up UK uh, UK True Crime Con. Um, that is, I, I still don't know where the, the venue is, but I've I, I've signed up to that uh, as an exhibitor, so I will be there. Um, they Walk Among Us will be there. Mike Meagers from Case File is there. Uh, who else is? Uh, Sinead from Mensria will be there. Uh, only the four have been announced so far. I know that Paul from uh, True Crime Enthusiast is going to be there. Um, who else is there? I don't know who, who's announced yet, but it's kind of early days, but there's quite a few people who've already announced. Going to be a lot of uh, podcasters there, so come along. Come along, and I'll be doing, I'll be, I'll be doing tours the next day as well. So uh, uh, come along, do that do the tour maybe i'll maybe i'll do a podcasters only tour the next day that might be a good idea <sighs> hopefully i won't get too hungover so uh what else is that i think that's it i think that's it i've just got to sit down and start recording this 
Haven't got a murder mile this weekend. I've cancelled this weekend. No one was booked in. I've had some good weekends. I had three people booked in. They moved. And then I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to Scotland that day anyway. I'm out with some friends the night before. I thought to myself, you know what? I want to sit down, edit this episode, get the second episode of this part two written, which is written, and start the third third one before the first episode goes out because I need to be about I need to be at least te- a week to ten days ahead. So I'm taking that day off. Uh, so that'll be good. So lots to do, lots to do. Uh, I'm just having a look at my notes. Oh, I made some notes just to make sure. Uh, hope everyone, uh, our Patreon listeners, were enjoyed the uh, places which changed the world. My little videos I did. If you like them, I'll do some more. Uh, they're now because everyone on Patreon has already seen them. They're now available on my YouTube account. So if you go to my YouTube account, subscribe there. All the videos are there. All the old videos of the murder locations are on there as well. Uh, and you get, I think you get those like a day before or something. Uh, so they're worth having a look at. Uh, what else? What else am I doing? Uh, let's do those questions. So let's do the answers to the questions that I just set at the start. So. I'll leave a little space. You're welcome to say the answer where you are. So, the ten questions. Start easy, but get harder. Here they go. Question one. Katerina came top of the class in which subject? The answer was English. Question two. What school did Katerina go to? Answer. Holland Park School. Question three. What type of car did the beast hijack? Answer, a black Fiat Uno. Question four. What number on Ifley Road did the Konyeva family live at? Answer, 35. Question five. What was the... what I've written stock. This is really bad. What was the stocky little man with the fat fingers doing at the dry cleaners? Ooh. Answer. Sewing a new hem on a school uniform. Because he was a tailor. You could hear a coot then. That's not an answer. Question six. What, what colour were the shoes of the beast? Answer. Black. Question seven. What type and colour of bag did Katerina own and cherish? Answer, a red and white Virgin Airlines bag. Question eight. Reg Christie, I wondered if you like an ask of a tea. Reg Christie picked up which of his victims at the Seven Stars Cafe on the Goldhawk Road just down from Ifley Road? Answer, Rita Nelson. She was the third from last. If I remember correctly. Uh, here's a difficult one. Number nine. The Socialist Federal Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia was formed from which from which six countries? The answer is North Macedonia, Croatia, Slovenia, Bosnia and Herzegovina, and the Federal Republic of Yugoslavia, which was later known as Serbia and Montenegro. If you got that, well done. Number 10, finally. The beast left fingerprints where? If you listen to the episode, you should know where he did leave fingerprints, but you will find out next week. That's very exciting. So that was the end of Extra Mile. We made it. We're back. We're back. And uh, we're doing our thing. So uh, that was Extra Mile. Uh, that was Murder Mile as well. So that was I know, part one of The Beast. So two more episodes to go of The Beast. Um, I think there's there's quite a few kind of single episodes after this dotted around. There's uh, a three-parter at the, in the mid part of this end of this season. Um, and there will be a short multi-parter to end the series at the end of the year so december it won't be a long one like the reg christie or the 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 um uh the sulfuric one it'll be i think it'll be a four-parter i reckon it'll, oh, it'll be a four or a five i haven't quite decided i'm still researching that at the moment uh there's still there's still multi-parters that I, i'm desperate to do but i just can't do because there's no info like I, i've been trying to research dennis nielsen to do uh 
you know, episodes for each of his victims, but there's just nothing. There's nothing. There's the only kind of source we have from Dennis is his autobiography, which is uh, which has never been released, and the bits that we have read is, is complete bollocks and waffle. Uh, there's the Brian Masters book, Killing for Company, but Brian Masters spends all of his time talking about Dennis, and he basically he fudges over all the victims, so there's no information there. Uh, so I've I've been going through kind of. Uh, uh, at the archives, I've been going through like uh, social services records and you know council stuff and things like that to try and find more about these victims. But they they there's it's hard. It really is. So uh, it might be next year that maybe I might do a, a Dennis Nielsen episode, or maybe because he's now dead, maybe that there'll be more information released. But the 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 full Nielsen files in the archives aren't available till 2083. So uh, I doubt I'll still be doing Murder Mile in 2083. Uh, because I'll be uh, 107. So, anyway, that was that. That was Murder Mile. Hope you enjoyed that. That was Extra Mile. Uh, uh, I'm going to have a cake. Oh, I left my tea. My tea's over there. I left it to stew. And I, oh, it's probably gone cold now. Bollocks. Anyway, I'm going to have my cold tea. I'm going to have my cold cake. Uh, that was fun. And I'll catch you all soon. Uh, have yourself a good week. Bye-bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.